Welcome to the Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. I love to share all kinds of great music with you here on The Randy Report. Pop, dance, country, soul, adult contemporary, you name it. One artist I've never played on The Randy Report is Madonna. And not because I don't love her music. What some folks don't know is that there are licensing issues with playing songs by artists on major labels. Radio stations can play what they like because they have expensive and expansive licenses they pay for. But when it comes to podcasts, the rules are a little different, and it's not so available to us, unless the artist is an independent artist and gives me permission to play their music. And when it comes to the vast majority of out artists I like to showcase here, they give me that permission because we want to spread the news about their terrific music. Today, however, I will be playing some Madonna, as my guest is Channing Luke Silver, or as he's known in the remixing world, Luke Savant. Luke Savant has spent nearly 20 years remixing Madonna's music. In fact, he heads up a group known as Madonna Remixers United, which is the internet's number one source for underground, unofficial Madonna remixes and remix videos. The group's Facebook page alone is liked by over 280,000 people and followed by another 270,000 fans. Luke Savant just dropped his new collection of remixes consisting of the entire Madonna album, Confessions on a Dance Floor, and it's terrific. I've known Luke Savant for years, so if I switch back and forth to Channing, it's just my habit to call him that. To be official, because the music isn't sold, only streamed, and it's created under a Creative Commons license, I'll be free to share some of Channing's work with you today as we talk about the hows and whys of remixing, why the gays love Madonna, and more. But before we get to my chat with Channing, here's just a bit, just a bit, of his remix take on Hung Up.
so slowly slowly time goes by so slowly slowly time goes by so slowly slowly time goes by Channing how are you congratulations on your new collection of Madonna remixes these are basically all of the songs from the Confessions on the Dance Floor album remixed right yes and more actually and more more like 19 tracks that's right. So essentially what, what happens is, is we, it, us fans in the Madonna world, we kind of break her albums that come out into what we call eras. So within an era, you could end up with bonus tracks or you, that didn't make the album or that might only have been released in certain markets. Or you could end up with demos that might have been released or leaked. And so we, you know, as consumable hungry fans, we eat it all up. And so what I've done is packaged everything that I could find in that one era into one particular remix album. I don't know about remixing a lot. All I know is that I like it. I like remixes. And the secret sauce of any dance club, I do know for a fact is they put on Madonna and the dance floor fills up. And I've been there when the Madonna song ends and they leave. So we all love yeah. Madonna. Why do gay men love Madonna so much? I mean, it is the secret sauce of the LGBTQ community. Uh, yes, and she's been there for us since the 80s, which I think is just this golden you know, pop time when things were opening up from being so rigid. So I think, you know, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm the biggest Susan Sarandon fan at the moment, but Susan Sarandon did say that you can define pop music from before Madonna and after Madonna. <laughs> so um, there's just something in our more modern world. And, and my husband, who's older than I am, he's the, you know, a lot pre, you know, where you have Judy Garland and you have Barbara Streisand, even Cher to a degree, but she can transcend. She's, you know, everything. So, you know, there's this before and after time. But during my time, when I was a youth, <laughs> and I was young, I'd say I was seven years old when I really got into Madonna. And from then on, I was just hooked. And so she's the soundtrack of my life and I'm sure many other, many other gays, <laughs> gay youth's lives. It's just fantastic. Why do so many people want to remix Madonna? Because we all love the songs as they are, but is it is it out of a desire to be creative with this thing that we love or... How did you get started in remixing? I got started out in remixing actually as a as a fluke. My younger brother was playing the piano really well and getting into a little bit more electronic electronic stuff. And as a gift in 2000, I bought this rudimentary remixing software and it never made it to him. I started playing with it <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'll buy him like a t-shirt or a sweater or something like that. And I just started tinkering with this thing. And then it was really basic. And then I upgraded to another more experienced kind of software. And I was just hooked. In the year 2000, Madonna came out with her second greatest hits called GBH Volume 2, Greatest Hits Volume 2. And part of that, luckily for me, was the software company at the time was uh, Sony, and they did a remix uh, contest. And so the stems and the remixes of music, Ray of Light, and Deeper and Deeper were provided in 2001. I was going to ask this question. So that's interesting. They were provided. But yeah. for the most part, how do people isolate the vocals to be able to do your thing? Is, is it something you know how to do yourself? You just said sometimes it's provided, but do some people extract the vocals or, yes. or do they just remix on top of? 
you've asked the golden question that has been the driving force about why so many people remix specifically Madonna. So there's been there's this underground community. It's huge. It's still going on today, and a lot of people are trading on official files. They should not be doing that, but they do. Uh, they buy and they buy and sell it. Those files leak out onto the internet, and then if you're part of the know, you can quickly grab them, and then you can start remixing unofficially a lot of Madonna tracks. But in the early days, the sound quality of what what we would do would be so horrible on the vocal, but we would have this great backing track that we would make, and then you'd have this horrible vocal because we would do what's called filtering out all of the other sounds. And, and it would be you're trying to extract just the vocal. Nowadays, it can be extracted and sound like a studio acapella, and it's fantastic. And so the technology has just gotten amazing quite frankly. Well, you talk about how huge this underground is. I know you have a Facebook page called Madonna Remixers United, which has, wait, I wrote down the numbers because this is huge. It's liked by 280,000 people and followed by another 270,000 people. Yeah. So, I mean, this is just such a great corner of the music world for people that really love Madonna and really love remixes. Right. Yeah. It's been interesting to be on this social media side of of growing something where there are fans. And I, I it actually took me by surprise, really. I, I didn't start it, but I grew it. Um, I was originally Madonna's Remixers United was was started by another remix colleague of mine at the time. And I was approached to be part of a Remixers United group that original concept still stays, but it's actually a very small concept that they do on their own. And it was uh, a parting of ways, so to speak, at at about 10, 12 years ago. And it's, it's grown into something that's been phenomenal. It still takes me by surprise. I will tell you, the larger we get, the more butterflies I get in my stomach when I get ready to release something, (laughs) because I know, hmm, Thousands and thousands and thousands of people are going to be listening to this and they're wanting it. And then I have just as you get those, oh, wow, this is amazing. You also get, hey, oh, of course. I, I hate this. This is crap. And you just kind of have to build up your thick skin and move through life and keep on going. Now, this is your second collection, right? In in 2020? So in 2020, I released Madame X, uh, which was her new album at the time, uh, which actually came out in 2019, but it took me a little while to remix the whole thing. And that was a speed remix for me. So it came out in June and I remixed it and had it done by March of the next, next year. Wow. So um, now I've been putting out kind of these compilations of various songs from different albums for years. But what I decided to do in 2020 was stop doing that and just remix a full Madonna album because I've been doing this for almost 22 years. So I'm trying to see how far is this going to end? You know, how's this going to go? So I said, listen, we all know Madonna's in her mid sixties at this stage. She's probably going to do whatever she wants to do, which might even mean stopping at some point. So Uh, What I decided to do was remix every Madonna album. I'm going to be doing that over a period of time. Every one. Every one, but I've already done so many. So if there's something I like, I'm going to go back and beef it up and make it pretty. And hey, it's done. But then that's my end game. My end game is to create my own remix anthology where I could just put it on a shelf and go, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's done. And so... 
I'm almost, I've started and I've, I've two are in, two are in the back. Well, I think you're, I've been listening to you for years and I think your work is so, so good. And you don't just, I should make it very clear to the listeners, you don't just remix Madonna. You've like remixed other artists. I just was in my own iTunes music and there was a remix that you did for Matt Zarley yeah. for a song that he did. Do you have in this, in this new collection, do you have a favorite? Is that like a terrible question to ask? Like, is there no, a it's, certain it's thing a that like, oh, this landed the way I wanted or some other places, maybe I was a little not quite clear on what I wanted. Yes. And that is a classic uh, creator's conundrum. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, there are tracks that I start out going, oh, this is going to be fantastic. And then by the time I'm done with it, I'm like, it's okay. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that other one that I wasn't even thinking about is, God damn, that is the best thing I've ever done. So I will honestly say Forbidden Love, which is... Um, Number eight. Number eight. It is my favorite of all of the confessions. It's something that I can honestly say, and people don't understand how some things fall in place. I started remixing that track when it wasn't ever going to be Forbidden Love. I'm just making something over time. It's honestly about eight years old. So really? Wow. It just, when something's ready to fall in place... Ah, the vocal just made it fall in place. And so I have a vault of just things that I've been working on forever and ever and ever. And so I'll remember, wait, this works, this, that, and then it just goes, it works perfectly and everything fits and it's amazing. So Forbidden Love. Yeah, that's my favorite track. I understand that creative. I do not do music, but as a director and choreographer, there have been times when I've been hired to direct and choreograph a show and I'm like, Mm, not my favorite, but I'm a whore, so pay me. Uh, <laughs> right. But then... <laughs> not that you're a whore, but pay me. <laughs> <laughs> but what happens is, inevitably, there's always like this very unexpected one number in a show that I really didn't think I, I'll care, care for it. Like, I just don't think it's going to be my thing. Inevitably, one thing will like jump out and go, oh man, I'm so glad I did that. I'd have never thought to do that. And now it's my favorite thing. Yes. Yeah. It becomes your most memorable. It's what you actually sometimes become the most proud of because it's sometimes when you're working on something and it is, you're almost wanting to procrastinate on it. And then you go, no, let's just focus. And then because you gave it every ounce of your energy, it's actually what you're most proud of. Right. And that's exactly how I feel about quite a few tracks on, on this project, but Forbidden Love is, is that one for me. Do you collaborate with people on these remixes or is it all Luke Savant? The collaboration comes with guidance on some ideas. I okay. have not actually, that, that's been something that I would love to do. And there's uh, some people on my remixing team that are also part of Re Madonna Remixers United. We've always wanted to collaborate and they collaborate mostly because they work in the same DAW, D-A-W, Digital Audio Workstation. I have one of my remixing friends that he and I do work in the same digital audio workstation, but we just haven't collaborated, meaning I'll do something, it's not done. I could send him the files and then he will work on it and send it back. And that's a full like collaboration. A lot of them do that. I don't. I actually have a very singular vision of what I want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then and then I put it out. But in that process, hey guys, I'm working on this. What do you think? Ooh, I like that. Oh, you're off pitch here. Oh. What if you dropped out the beat at this section? Gotcha. And so it's those kind of inputs that I get 
uh, quite a bit. And you'd be surprised if I, my husband is the one that actually is, you need to change your intro and you need to give us a little less here and a little more here. And, it, and that's usually where I get a lot of my input from. Speaking of other uh, other remixers, are there, you know, there's so many, I don't know, can we use the word, are, they're like official remixers or they're official remixes put out that are endorsed by Madonna? Am I getting this right? You are, you are. And are there people that you, like when, when a remix comes out by a certain remixer, do you go, oh, I can't wait to hear this, or someone who has a certain sound, or 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 is it always just you never know what it's going to be until you hear it? I think it used to be like that from from Madonna specifically. I think lately a lot of her remixes are that are completely commissioned and official, it's farmed out, so to speak. And so you never know who's going to potentially be remixing it. In the past, you've heard, like, this, I, I was saying this, I think, uh, and, and I was being interviewed recently again on this, and somebody asked me a similar question, and I said, the Victor Calderon remixes in the late 90s for Ray of Light album, when you knew he was going to do it, you're like, ooh, when is it going to happen? I can't wait to hear this. And and you're on pins and needles. And I don't think it's quite like that anymore. Ah. But the unofficial remixers that are, at, I'd say at my level or even slightly above, they're getting noticed. They're getting yeah. noticed by Madonna. Den Zabi in France, he years ago remixed Like a Virgin, merged with Heartbeat from the Hard Candy album. And oh, got, right, right. I remember this. Yeah. It got the attention of Madonna. Madonna approached him behind the scenes. He was paid. He was under gag order. He could not talk about it. His remix was retooled and played every stop on the tour. And she, it's a solo song. She had no backup dancers. So wow. she did his remix wow. every night. Yeah. How that must have felt for him. Oh, he was. That's I was like reaching the mountaintop. Right after it was announced, I'm like, dude. And he's like, I know I couldn't talk about it. And he was <laughs> over the moon. And, and, and what an accomplishment. You know, that's what people really kind of aim for and strive for. Now, here's a question. I noticed you guys have a SoundCloud account and like all of these tracks are on SoundCloud. Are you also on Spotify or like? Apple Music, you can't. Can you sell it, or or can it only be streamed? Uh, it can only be streamed. So no, it cannot be sold. <laughs> but you are you on Spotify? I am not on Spotify. No, we relegate our remixes to our website, and we have an official website. We have an official website, and we have SoundCloud, and it's a Creative Commons uh, license that we utilize. So um, we don't sell. No. Well, I'll make sure that I have the link to the SoundCloud account so that people can go back and not only listen to this collection, but all the other tracks that people have done in the past. I love SoundCloud because the sound is really good. Thank you so much for having time to chat, Channing. I'm so proud of you. I've been listening to you for so long, and I'm glad that I get to chat about this and also exp explain to the listeners how this all works because we all listen, but we don't know how it happens. So thank you for explaining and bringing light to all of this. Thank you so much. And, and thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. You have a great weekend. Thanks, you too.
Thanks again to Channing, a.k.a. Luke Savant, for the chat today. I want to make sure you all head over to their official website, and this is easy, madonnaremixersunited.com, to check out all of the group's remixes, remix videos, interviews, and more. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you would share it with your friends. I like to think of the Randy Report as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. Thanks for listening, folks. Take care of yourselves, and I'll see you next time. 